Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Thanks for hanging out with the Danny Parkin Show. CBS Sports Radio, Radio.com Sports. I very much appreciate it. I'm in the great city of Chicago, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help, and they can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Not nearly as good of a football weekend this weekend as last weekend. Last weekend, the best football weekend of the year, but still an exciting week 11 in the NFL. Bill O'Brien declares pass interference officially broken. Welcome to the party. Lamar Jackson becomes the favorite for MVP. Sorry to Russell Wilson. The Falcons defense somehow has come alive because Raheem Morris is no longer the wide receivers coach. He's now coaching the defensive backs. That doesn't make any sense, but that's what they're saying. I wouldn't trade Cam Newton for Kyle Allen. I'd imagine some Panthers fans are backpedaling a little bit. I think Dwayne Haskins is playing too soon because he doesn't have his coach, his offensive coach in place. I mean, the NFC's got some young quarterback of the future questions. The AFC is set with Mahomes, Watson, and Lamar Jackson. I have no idea who the best under-26 quarterback in the NFC is. Dak, Goff, Wentz, Kyler, Daniel Jones, Trubisky, Haskins. A lot of guys to choose from, not a lot to like. The end of Cardinals-Niners was an absolute sham. That touchdown should have never been allowed to stand. There's way too much money involved in these NFL games for the fans, for your consumer, for that to happen. I loved Quentin Nelson's keg stand. I think the Lions have a real conundrum on their hands if they get a top 10 pick and fall in love with a quarterback with Matt Stafford only being 31 years old. And I got to give it up for Kirk Cousins. Four straight touchdown drives after overcoming a 20 nothing halftime deficit. It was an eventful day. You can weigh in on all of that and more at 855-212-4227. But Mitch Trubisky is addressing the media postgame. Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, just did it in L.A. Apparently, Mitch Trubisky hurt his hip two drives before he ultimately got pulled. At least that's what the Bears are claiming. He played through it. He was throwing with just his arms, not really turning through with his hips, not doing that, you know, little Dak Prescott hip snap. By the way, golfers out there, how jealous were you of Dak Prescott with that ability to rotate the hips and come through the ball. My God, I would kill for that hip flexibility. Unbelievable. But that's not why you called. Um, Whether or not you believe that the Bears benched Mitch Trubisky because of a hip injury feels immaterial. I happen to think they're telling the truth. Maybe I'll be proven to be gullible on that. I just don't think that when you're down 10 with three minutes to go, that's when you want to do the Chase Daniel thing. Like, why? Why invite that skepticism and question and all of that for your coach, your quarterback, your organization? It's a it's a distraction. You can bench Mitch Trubisky for Chase Daniel, but put Chase Daniel in a position to be successful. Don't do it just to show up Mitch Trubisky. 
So I believe that he's hurt. But I also believe that he's the biggest part of the problem. And that doesn't mean that Matt Nagy isn't a big problem. And that doesn't mean that Ryan Pace wasn't a problem. And that doesn't mean that the Bears are not a collective group of underachievers. But all you got to do is look across the field to the other team that we watched play on Sunday Night Football tonight. Those two teams were the living embodiment of the Spider-Man Spider-Man meme, just pointing at each other. Like, hey, you were in the NFC playoffs last year with a promising former NFL head coach of the year and a young quarterback who you drafted in the top two with a great defense. Hey, same thing for you, former coach of the year, promising young quarterback, great defense, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Like, They're the same team. They're both colossally underachieving. You know why the Bears are in a better spot than the Rams? Because the Bears didn't pay their quarterback $110 million guaranteed. Good luck to the Rams for having Jared Goff for $32 million per going forward. The Bears have bottomed out. Like whether or not Trubisky's injury tonight is real or phantom is immaterial. He already hurt his shoulder and missed some time. Now he got hurt his hip. His confidence is at an all-time low. And... The Bears have a $24 million fifth-year option decision to make on him at the end of this year. They clearly will decline it. So that means Mitch Trubisky goes into next year, probably with training camp competition at quarterback, no guarantees beyond next year, and spiraling in the direction of being a huge bust. I said it weeks ago. The Negi-Trubisky partnership is over it's just a matter of time. There's no coming back for it. There's no recovering for it. Mitch has lost confidence in himself, and his coach has lost confidence in his quarterback. When that happens, and you have to dial back the offense and get as vanilla as they have and hide the quarterback as much as they have, it's over. Matt Nagy wasn't here when the Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky, so Matt Nagy's not wed to his quarterback. Matt Nagy will get a chance to pick his quarterback He'll get his guy. It'll either work or it won't. But Matt Nagy isn't going to sink or swim with Mitch Trubisky. No way. And because Ryan Pace built this defense and because Ryan Pace got an extension after he hired Matt Nagy or when he hired Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace will be a part of the decision to get the next quarterback as well. But it's not going to be Mitch Trubisky. It's just a matter of time. They're playing out the string. He'll play again this year. I'm sure the injury isn't that bad. My guess is the injury is real. They don't need to lie to create a reason for Mitch Trubisky to be moved on from. He's doing that himself with his play. 855-212-4227. Your top takeaways from week 11, and specifically if you want to weigh in on the crazy ending of Sunday Night Football. Steve's right here in Chicago. He's on the Danny Parkin Show. What's up, Steve? What's up, Danny? Uh, First off, you need a new intro, man. I'm assuming you don't have that Trubisky anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I gotta, I gotta get a new one, but it's kind of my thing now, you know. If that was Tanny, man, you better grab him before he leaves the station. But uh, a few quick points. Um, congratulations to you and Steph. Uh, I'm enjoying listening to you and Mac and uh, Parkins show on 670 in Chicago. Um, and really quick, I did love that Zeke celebration where he was showing off that uh, deck hip stretch. Um, but uh, man, I, I really hope the Bears don't pay Trubisky like Goff. Uh, he's just been pretty bad, and that excuse for him being injured and to replace him with Daniel is kind of lame. Um, and I don't know, man. I'm just kind of getting sick of hearing about this confidence from Mitch. You know, he's a he's a NFL quarterback. You know, the confidence shouldn't be a question anymore. And I don't, I really don't know how much of a national story it even is, but. Um, you know, I think the Bears will move on, and I'm not going to lie. Even if they do move on, it's probably going to suck when he does better for another team. Ha. And uh, 
that is really uh, that is some that is some serious Bears cynicism, and it's well earned and it's deserved. And listen, maybe he will, but that's not something you can live in fear of. Because if it's not going to work for you, then you've got to cut bait and move on, right? Like if you're ever in a relationship with someone and you guys break up, and then she finds happiness somewhere else, you can't just be like. Well, she's going to be, you know what I mean? We, we never should have broken up together because clearly she was able to make it work. No, she was able to make it work with someone else. You guys weren't meant for each other. Like that's, you can't live in fear of that. <laughs> I hear you, man. And really quick on the Kaepernick thing. Um, I appreciated the interview you just had with um, Dan. I forgot his last name. I apologize. Dan um, Wilkin from USA Today. Dan Wilkin. Yeah, I appreciate that interview. Um to me, the issue has been kind of annoying. I mean, it's been going on, obviously, for a long time. But um, it's, I feel like it's just letting the social issue override the football issue. Obviously, people are a bit divided on it. I don't know if he's going to be an immediate starter, but obviously he, he shouldn't be out of the NFL. I think the NFL is doing him wrong with the way they handle this whole um, practice or rehearsal or demonstrations that they're doing. But um, oddly enough, maybe he might be a good Fit for the Bears at some point, but um, I just kind of feel like, especially hearing you on this national show and hearing people across the country, sometimes I just feel like he's not protesting the anthem. It's just if he were protesting a different issue, I just feel like people might be taking a, a different tune. You know, it's oh, it's, there's uh, no question about American. that, man. Like, I listen. I appreciate the call, the kind words, and if you're saying why did he mention Steph? Steph Steph's my wife. We're ha- expecting our first child. In March, he listens to my local show here in Chicago. I appreciate Steve for the kind words. Listen, that's been true for years. If Colin Kaepernick would have taken a knee during the national anthem three years ago and said, uh, instead of that he was protesting police brutality against minorities and racial injustices, if he would have said, I am taking a knee during the national anthem to draw attention to the fact that our armed forces who fight under the banner of that flag for this country are woefully under supported and funded. When they come home from battle, we need an overhaul of our VA system. We need mental health benefits for all troops and we need family support systems to improve for our servicemen and women when they are fighting overseas for our country. And until those demands are met, I will kneel during the national anthem. Do you think the same people are upset at Colin Kaepernick? Of course not. So it's not that he's protesting during the national anthem. It's what he's protesting. And that's been true for years. 855 4227 is the telephone number for the Rams side of things from Sunday night football. George is in LA. George, what'd you see from your squad tonight? Hey, Danny, how you doing? Good. Thank God that Sean McVay finally woke up and decided, well, maybe I should just change the script a little bit and run the ball and uh, not try to throw 30 or 40 passes because golf's been terrible. And what do you know? They, They at least played better than previous weeks and the defense played very well and I was uh, very enthused by the two young, uh, 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 the uh, Bobby Evans and the other kid, uh, Edwards, two rookie uh, linemen. I mean, they're not great, but you know how they can do is get better. Uh, you listen, I think that giving the ball, thank you for the call. I think that getting a running game going for the Rams is one of the many things that's hurt them, right? Like 
obviously not having Cooks, it, it was big, and not having Woods was big. Remember last year with the Rams, they ran everything. Three receivers, one running back, one tight end, four, five offensive linemen, and Jared Goff. Like, that, was, that was their formation all the time, 90-something percent of the plays. Now Cooks is hurt, Woods is hurt, tight ends have been banged up. Gurley's had the tendonitis. The running game hasn't been there. They've had to diversify their uh, personnel packages. The league's figured out McVay a little bit, and Goff has regressed in a big way. But a great way to help a struggling quarterback is to give him a running game. It shortens the game. It keeps you ahead of the sticks, second and manageable, third and manageable, instead of second and third and long, and you can give your quarterback your best friend, play action. Jared Goff had some great throws late in the game on the touchdown that made it 17-7, and Todd Gurley was able to set up the play action for him. That was a tremendous advantage that the Rams had tonight that they haven't had going forward. Now, if the Bears had Danny Trevathan and Akeem Hicks in their front seven, would they have been able to get Gurley going in the same way based on how they played last year when it was 15-6? to Probably not. But you take advantage of your opponent's weaknesses. 855-212-4227. I'll weigh in on who I think the best under 26 quarterback is in the NFL, plus your top takeaways from week 11. It's your calls, baby. We're live all across the country now as uh, Sunday Night Football and Westwood One wrapped up. So it's week 11 postgame show right here on the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkin Show. 855-212-4227 is the number. It's the Danny Parkin Show, radio.com app, CBS Sports Radio. Talking all things week 11 in the National Football League. We will get your top takeaways momentarily. But I was thinking I, I couldn't help but be drawn to how bright the future is at quarterback in the AFC, right? We are winding down an era of quarterback play. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers who career and prime they largely overlapped largely of the same generation and era all likely hall of famers different degrees of winning but you take a guy like Philip Rivers and you say okay he didn't win the big one but when you're in the AFC with Roethlisberger and Manning and Brady your entire career. How much am I going to really hold that against you with what you've been able to accomplish individually? It feels like with Mahomes, Watson, and Lamar Jackson, we have the foundation for that next generation of these guys are going to be doing battle for a decade plus in the AFC. Their teams would be crazy not to re-sign them. They're going to be faces of the league, national ad campaigns, the entire thing. In the NFC, pre-Brady, we kind of had it with Aikman and Young and Favre, right? Like, that was the thing that took you largely through the 90s. I don't love the NFC crop of young quarterbacks. Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott. Like if those are the quarterbacks that I'm giving you as the 26 and under starters in the NFL, Carson Wentz would be my pick. And I know he was not very good today against the Patriots. He has been absolutely 
let down by his receiving core. And frankly, just injuries on the offense around it. But Nelson Aguilar has had drops all season. Alshon Jeffrey has been hurt. Zach Ertz was hurt for a while. Jordan Howard hurt, missed the game today. Miles Sanders has been good, but not great. Carson Wentz finally healthy and playing and now being let down by the guys around him. I think Wentz is the closest thing to the prototype of the quarterback that you want in the NFC. He's big and strong, but he's also mobile and can be accurate. He had that 13-game stretch before he got hurt when Nick Foles ended up winning the Super Bowl, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I think Nick Foles, or excuse me, I think Carson Wentz is the guy I'd pick. If you said pick a 26-and-under NFC quarterback to be the guy for your team, I'd pick Carson Wentz first and Kyler Murray second. Now, Russell Wilson's obviously the best quarterback in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarter, like uh, uh, the second best or the best, you know, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers right there, but I'm talking about 26 and under the young QBs. I know it's not Trubisky. I know it's not Haskins. I know it's not golf. I think a lot of Cowboys fans would make a Dak argument. I would not be among them. I think we saw it a couple of weeks ago when Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins were hurt. The Dak Prescott all of a sudden looked very, very average. He's got the best offensive line, the best running back, and Pro Bowl wide receivers. And even if you're going to say, well, no, I think that Saquon or McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook are better than Zeke. Point is, he's got a tier one running back, a tier one offensive line, and very good wide receivers. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks who could have the success that Dak Prescott has had and is having in that system. Now, credit to him, he's doing it, and they'll pay him. Because it's a devil you know versus devil you don't situation. But I'd be very careful, and I'd use the Rams as the comp. Does Jared Goff make the guys around him better, or was he able to have that 4,700-yard season that he had because he had a very good, innovative offensive coach and good players around him? I think it was the latter, not the former. So I'd go year to year with Dak and make him prove that he's truly special and those guys are winning because of him and not because of the guys around him. But the NFC does not have the young quarterback crop that the AFC has. Not even close. 855-212-4227 is the telephone number. Taking NFL calls as week 11 wraps up here. Let's see here. In Boise, Matt is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Matt? Hey, Danny. Uh, I just wanted to get your uh, quick opinion. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Packers fan, uh, but I wanted to see – um, your opinion on is it is it a bad look for the Vikings that they had to come back by 20 uh, earlier today 23-7 after the third quarter or is it a good look for the Vikings that they were able to do that uh, just your opinion on that and then I want to end this end this by saying uh, go go Boise State football okay man I appreciate it good job for, by you getting your shout out in listen I think the Vikings are most likely a wild card team I still think the Packers are better than the than the Vikings are. I can't wait for that uh, Monday night football game, week 16, between the two teams. Um, obviously, the Vikings, with only being a game back, can get it. The NFL doesn't have a great team this year. I am convinced of that. The Patriots are the closest. They deserve that. But we saw it with the Falcons beating the Saints last week. We saw it with the Packers. Uh, against the Chargers a couple of weeks ago. 
The Niners have played two very tight games against the Arizona Cardinals. Like there are not dominant teams in the NFL this year. So the Vikings to me are a team that can look like the best team in the NFL and they can get shut out in a half and be down 20 to nothing to the Broncos. They are, if there's a few teams that are great and there are a few teams that are awful and there's a huge middle class in the NFL, which is how I think it is every year, the Vikings, I would say, are upper middle class. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl, but I do think they're very good. And I think that the the interesting thing about what that happened to them is Cousins was so bad early and then has been so good on this six, seven game stretch that I know people that work in Minnesota media who went from thinking Kirk Cousins was going to be, they were going to swallow the $28 million that they owed him next year. I think it's 28 million bucks. Signed the three year, $84 million deal. After week four, they were ready to move on from Kirk Cousins for next year and take the cap hit. And now just seven weeks later, they're ready to sign him to a contract extension. That's how quick things can change in the NFL. And that's for a proven commodity in his 30s who's already been paid. So imagine you're a fan of the Giants and you're riding the emotions of Daniel Daniel Jones or the Rams with Jared Goff. Jared Goff flirts with an MVP season, wins an NFC championship game, gets $110 million, now he stinks. Happens like that. That's how quick it comes and goes in the NFL unless you're truly transcendent. Right? Like Deshaun Watson has an awful game today. He no-showed. Terrible game. Bad pocket awareness. Held onto the ball. Ravens defense is rounding into form as they get healthy. Marcus Peters is back in a system where he looks really good. Jimmy Smith is back. Their cornerback duo is good. Ravens defense is rounding into form. I think the Ravens are clearly a tier one team. They went over the Patriots and then today against the Texans proved it. Lamar Jackson's number one on my MVP list. But Deshaun Watson has enough body of work. He has a stinker like that. No one doubts him. But these guys who have the quick ascension and the quick decline, and you don't, they kind of got that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like you don't know who they're going to be on a given day. That's a problem for me with the Vikings. They beat up on some bad teams, but then they can look really damn mortal as well. So I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but I think they'll make the playoffs as a wild card team in the NFC, double digit wins, and they are a rock solid football team. More of your reaction there and whether or not I'm willing to say Baltimore is the best team in the NFL. That's coming up. This is the Danny Parkin Show. And I appreciate you doing so. 855-212-4227. It's week 11 postgame on the Danny Parkin Show. CBS Sports Radio, radio.com, Sirius 206. Get back to your calls in just a minute. Mitch Trubisky now says he was hurt in the second quarter. But Ryan, uh, excuse me, Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, said... He was hurt two drives before he was pulled early in the fourth quarter. But Mitch said he was evaluated at halftime. Something's fishy. I still don't think that they benched him for poor performance because why? But I do think Mitch Trubisky is done for all intents and purposes as the quarterback of the Bears. But I felt that before tonight's game. As for the Ravens. 
and whether or not they're the best team in the NFL right now. Here's what I'd say. If you were doing a power rankings and you were ranking the teams as best teams in the NFL today, November 17th, I would have no problem with you putting the Ravens first. I think they deserve it. Blew out the Patriots. Blew out the Texans. What, five-game winning streak? The MVP favorite at quarterback. I saw a stat today. They are on pace to set an NFL record for fewest punts in a season. I love that. Running team, shorten the game, aggressive coach, goes for it on fourth down, successful offense, defense getting healthier, made aggressive trade in the, in season. I have no problem with them being the number one team in your power ranking. Here's what I'd say. I'd still pick the Patriots in the AFC right now. Even though they lost to them by 17. January football at Foxborough is just different. Until proven otherwise, I get it. And I'm the guy who's for years been, been saying, Father Time's undefeated, it'll get the Patriots eventually, and eventually I will be right. And I'm not even saying right now that when that game comes around that I wouldn't pick the Ravens, but there's just a lot of time between now and then. Like if the game was tomorrow, pick the Ravens. But if the game's in January in Foxborough, I got to see how it's going between now and then to let you know if I'm going to actually pick the Ravens. So do you see what I'm saying? Like if you're picking a Super Bowl champ, I think it's hard to say the Ravens should be the odds on favorite. But if you're saying who is the best team as of now, like if it was a college football playoff situation, right? College football playoff rankings will come out on Tuesday. They will rank the teams based on what they've accomplished this year to this point. They will not project that Bama has Auburn left, that uh, Ohio State has Michigan left, that Clemson has South Carolina left. Like That's not what they're going to do. They rank the teams to this point. I think to this point, Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Ravens have the best resume in the NFL. If it was a power ranking system, they'd get the one seed. But we know that power rankings don't mean anything in the NFL. It matters in college football because there's a committee. It does not matter at all in the NFL. So that's how I would split the apple. Curious how you would do that as well. 855-212-4227. A lot of people want to weigh in across the board here. Speaking of the Patriots, Scott is in Boston. He's on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Scott? What's up? Good morning, right? I believe, yes, we're on the East Coast. All right. Quick comment before I get to the Pats. I want to know the answer to this. Has anybody faced Lamar Jackson twice yet? I want to know how teams do on that second go-around because that's where you're going to see the Pats expose them. Has anybody played them twice yet? Um, I don't know the answer. I, I, I mean, I can, I can look it up for you. I don't think they've played any of their division games twice. Most of, the, most of these schedules are pretty backloaded with uh, – the division games, but um, yeah, they've played the Bengals. Okay. They played they played the, they played the Bengals twice. They beat them twenty three seventeen at home, and then they beat them forty nine thirteen the second time. Hmm. But the Bengals well, are the worst team in the I'll, NFL. Yeah, exactly. I, I like my chances. They got Belichick once; they won't get him twice. As you just reintroed, we'll see you in January in Foxborough. All right. As for the Pats, nice comeback win today. Seventeen unanswered points. But my question to you, my concerns: the defense is fine. Is this offense good enough? And it is getting better, 
But is it good enough as is to get deep in the playoffs? I mean, I'm used to watching this team put up 38 weekly, 17. They should be putting up 24 weekly against anybody. So I'm a little concerned about that. Um, the defense can only take you so far. And I'm a little concerned. The offense has got to get in gear. Can these young receivers get in tune with Brady in time? They, I mean, we're getting deep. We're on the better at the late part of the schedule. Yeah, listen, I think it's a reasonable question, and I appreciate the telephone call. Um, I would say that the offense can be good enough. I think Sanu is a great addition. I, I think Sanu fits perfectly with what Brady needs at this point of his career, which what Brady needs is he needs the guys who he can snap throw to, right? Shotgun snap, one-step drop, get the ball out in less than a second and a half because you're open immediately. Not the fastest guys, but like that short area quickness and agility. Edelman, Gronk was open immediately. He's made a living with those guys, right, throughout his career. Sanu should be that guy. I think Sanu will continue to gain chemistry with Brady, and that'll be good. They've got James White out of the backfield, Burkhead out of the backfield. Those are guys that short area quickness get open right away. Sanu, Edelman. They don't have a stretch the field threat. Their offensive line is not as good as it's been in the past, and they don't have a running game. Like, Sony Michelle is awful. So I do think that their offense has some legitimate problems, mainly up front with the offensive line and the running game. They do a lot of these underneath short passes, and Brady's short area accuracy is still as good as any quarterback in the NFL. So with their defense and with having home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs, yes, I think the Patriots offense is good enough to get to and win a Super Bowl. Let's see. Teams that have scored more points than the Patriots this year. The Baltimore Ravens would be one. And the San Francisco 49ers would be two. Oh, and the Minnesota Vikings would be three. They've scored two more points. So they've scored the fourth most points of any team in the NFL. So, yeah, they they can. Chiefs are right behind them. They'll play their 11th game tomorrow night, which is one more than the Pats have played. So the Chiefs will pass them tomorrow night with one extra game in hand. But so they are the fourth scoring offense in the NFL with a top two or three defense in the NFL and their pedigree and home field advantage. Yeah, they deserve to be the Super Bowl favorites. But I do think that there are legitimate questions, absolutely, about uh, their offense. 855-212-4227 is the number. Zach in Dallas is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Zach? Yeah, okay. So let's say that the Cowboys go into Foxborough and beat the Patriots. Would you rank the Cowboys in the top tier in the NFC then with the Packers, the Saints, the 49ers? If they go into Foxborough and win, it'd be hard not to. They would have won four of five. Um, And here's the thing, man. I think the Cowboys are like two through 53 on the roster. I think that they are a Super Bowl caliber roster. I just think Dak is average but he's playing great. No shade. Three, 400-yard games this year. He's having the best season of his career. But I think the coach and quarterback are average. And so that's just a limiting factor for them when you're talking about they got to go up against Sean Payton and Drew Brees or they got to go up against Kyle Shanahan, who I think would coach circles around Jason Garrett. Like I, just, I think that they are limited in that way. 
All right, I appreciate the telephone call. But yeah, Dallas will get a chance to prove it. Going to Foxborough next week. Their wins are against the Giants, Washington, Miami, Philly, the Giants, and the Lions. Those are not impressive wins. The Eagles are the only team that the Cowboys have beaten that's 500 or above, right? Eagles are 5-5. Five and five. Every other team they beat has a losing record. I just don't think Dallas is that impressive. I'm sorry. I know Cowboys fans are mad at me. I got people tweeting 105.3 in Dallas saying to take me off the air. You'll get your wish eventually, I'm sure. I don't think it'll be because of that. But I just think that they're fine. Great offensive line, great running back, very good receivers, very good front seven, bad head coach, average quarterback. I still, by the way, I still think the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. I know that's becoming a little bit more daunting, but Philly's five and five. They get the Cowboys at home who they already lost to, but so they got to beat the Cowboys, take care of work there. They have both games against the Giants. They got at Washington. They got at Miami. So if Philly wins those four easy games, Miami, the Giants, Washington, and the Giants, that gets them to nine wins. Beat Dallas at home, that's 10. Their only other game is Seattle this upcoming week at home. So beat the bad teams, beat the Cowboys, that's 10 wins. I think that gets you an NFC East championship because Dallas' schedule more backloaded. Patriots, Bills, at Bears, home Rams, at Eagles, home Washington. Cowboys Cowboys have already beaten the Dolphins. They've already beaten the Giants twice. They already played Washington once. So, like, Dallas' schedule was front-loaded. The Eagles' schedule is back-loaded with easy teams. So, I think Philly's going to win the NFC East, and Dallas is going to miss the playoffs. But Dak can prove me wrong. He's on the best run of his career. 855-212-4227. Jeff in Akron, Ohio on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Jeff? What is up, Danny? Chilling, man. Hey, uh, with Brown, do you think Browns will make playoffs? And now I want to talk New England. Do I think the Browns me? will make the playoffs? Uh, yeah, will Browns make playoffs? No, I will. I will start there no, and talk say New England and uh, Baltimore—they always choke. Baltimore, Baltimore always, always jokes. Well. Well, Baltimore has eight wins, and the Browns have four, so it'd have to be a pretty no, epic no, no. show. We're talking New England, and Tom Brady's going to beat them in the playoffs in a championship game. And uh, you know, you don't bet against Bill Belichick. Uh, okay, I mean, he hasn't covered the spread in multiple Super Bowls. He's got what three Super Bowl losses? So, I mean, it's possible to lose against Bill uh, to to win betting against Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. But I, I listen. I hear you, man. That's what I said. Not I pre- Super Bowl, the, the, the championship game. It's going to come down to go into Super Bowl. It's going to be New England and Baltimore. Okay, I appreciate the telephone call. Thank you. Don't drive. Give away your keys. Thank you. Uh, it's what I said. Ravens would be number one in a power ranking for today. Patriots would still be favored to win the Super Bowl and come out of the AFC. I'm in agreement there. January, Foxborough, playoff pedigree, Belichick with a second chance against them. I'm in agreement with you. 
It's not a knock on the Patriots to suggest that it is possible that they're going to have competition in the AFC. I still think the Chiefs are going to make a run. They have been decimated by injury. Mahomes and and, uh, Tyreek Hill have been on the field for less than 75 snaps together this season. Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill on the field for way less than that. Eric Fisher, their left tackle, will be back soon with his injury. Former number one overall pick. Left guard, Lawrence DuVernay-Tardif's been hurt. So they'll get back the left side of their offensive line. Sammy Watkins has been hurt. They've been so banged up offensively that the defense has actually gotten towards respectability. I think the Chiefs are about to go on a run. Now, is it enough to get a bye in the AFC playoffs? Probably not. So they'll have to go to Foxborough uh, if they want to win a Super Bowl. But I think the Chiefs' offense is as good as anything in the NFL, and they're about to go on a run as they continue to get healthier. So I'm not writing off the AFC for anybody, frankly. I think Patriots, Ravens, Chiefs can all win it. I'd be surprised if the Texans won it. I don't think they've got enough around Deshaun Watson and the J.J. Watt injury in their offensive line. But I think three teams can come out of the AFC. And the NFC, by the way, absolutely wide damn open. We'll get into some NFC power rankings, plus more of your calls as we recap week 11 of the National Football League. Still have last but not least to come as well. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.